we've been in a series for the last few weeks, and we're drawn to a conclusion today, and we've been talking about getting to a place where our faith is that if God said it, then we believe it. Amen? We want to get to a place that when we're reading through the Word of God, that if we read about a promise that God promises His children, that we see and we go, oh, I can believe God for that. You know, we want to believe God at His Word. If He said it, I believe it. That's it. Game over. End of story. You know, at the moment in, in the news, you know, you have the BBC and Sky and CNN and RT and all of these news companies saying that you got to trust us. We are the ones who bring you the full news. We bring you the truth in the news. We will never lead you astray in the news. You got to when you watch our news, we tell you the full facts and the, and the verified facts. And then a few weeks later, you find out that what they were telling you was their version of the truth, what they wanted you to believe. And I think it's brought us to a place where we don't know who to trust. We don't know who to trust. We don't know what we can trust RTE. We don't know whether we can trust them anymore. We don't know whether we can trust Sky or BBC or CNN or any of those because we're not sure anymore when they say something is, is a fact, whether it's a fact or not. When we read our newspapers, we're not sure what, whether they're telling us what they're saying in the newspapers are true or not. Amen? Can I tell you today that what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to get to a place when we read the Word of God and God promises us something, tells us something about our future, that we believe Him. And that we go, well, if God said it, then that's got to be a fact. Amen? What I want to do today in conclusion of this series is I want to talk about exercising our faith. How many people here in church today would say they love exercising? That was a little bit more underwhelming than I thought. I genuinely believe that there is only probably one or two percent of the people in this planet that like exercising. Most people, they hate it. They will do anything but exercise. Amen? I'm one of them. Praise God. I'm not a big fan of exercising. If somebody was to invent a machine that would exercise my body for me, I'd take out a loan and buy it. I really would. Glory to God. And I don't mind if that was a 10-year loan. I would pay it. Praise the Lord. Do you know these things? And I just thought about it yesterday. You know these things we've all seen them? Slender tone, I think they're called. You know the oak? The oak that you wrap around your waist with all these little pads on it that vibrate and stimulate the muscles in your, in, in your belly. Praise God. <laughs> and I think, you know, they advertise them as a sort of a thing that, you know, we can all buy and wrap around us and sit down and watch the telly and eat chocolate and drink coke, watch some sport, and it'll miraculously burn the fat away. The Rock uses them. You know, The Rock, the actor, he uses them all the time. You know, buy him, he has to. <laughs> Can I tell you something this morning? <clears throat> I've never used one, but I know on good authority they do not work. Amen? They don't work. It's a con. Amen? Unfortunately, the only way to get fit is to exercise. Amen? 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says, For bodily exercises profits a little. You know, if you want to live long, have a healthy, active life, everybody knows that exercise has to play a part in it. 
I'm sorry to say, but that is a very unfortunate fact. Now, I'm not saying that you need to take up jogging. Glory to God. Every time I see people out jogging on the road, I pray for them because it takes a certain level of craziness to run, I think. I don't run for anything. Train, bus, if it's going to go, let it go. I don't want to be this guy that runs for the train and the train is gone. And I'm standing there after my running and the train is still gone. I've still missed it. And everyone's looking at him thinking, what a clown. <laughs> if I see the train on the platform, I will, still, I will you know, speed up my walk a little bit more, but, but I won't run, praise God. I'm not taking up running. I'm not saying that you have to take up running too. I'm not saying you take up lifting weights, glory to God, um, pff, praise God. I only want to be able to lift what I can lift. You know, I, I don't need to lift, you know, 70 kilos or anything like that. Glory to God. Praise, you know, if anyone wants to do that, well, you, you work away. Enough, that's not for me. Amen. Kickboxing, I mean, I don't like kicking, never mind boxing. Praise God, I'm not going to do it. And I really do genuinely believe I am too old to play rugby. So, I am I'm definitely too old for rugby. Praise God, yeah. Glory to God. I, but I do want to live a healthy, productive, long life. Amen? The New International Version puts it this way in verse 8. It says, For physical training is of some value. So glory to God. Training, working out, <clears throat> is of some value. Exercising is of some value. Walking, glory to God. I walk all day. I don't mind walking. I have no problem walking. I love walking. I would walk all day. I'm Forrest Gump when it comes to walking. I would walk all day. We should engage in regular exercise. When we engage in regular exercise, those things that we get out of breath doing at the moment, they won't seem to be a big deal if we engage in some regular exercise. Amen? <clears throat> if we exercise, we will function in our bodies so much better. Amen? And to put it very simply... God designed our bodies to be exercised. If he didn't design our bodies to be exercised, then our bodies wouldn't work better if they are exercised. Amen? You know, when you do exercise, you feel better. You can do more. You, you can handle more. Amen? So God created us to exercise. And what we want to talk about today is not physical exercise, glory to God. I want to talk to you about exercising your faith. First thing I want to say about exercising your faith, and that is this. Being a Christian is not a spectator sport. Amen. You can watch football all you like. You can watch the soap operas. You can watch the news as many times a day as you want. That's fine. But being a Christian, you are not called to be a spectator. We are not called to watch other Christians go about their Christian life. We are called to be participants. Amen. You know, we are not called to be a Christian, to have somebody else to believe for us. Not that we can't ask people to pray with us and believe with us, but our faith has to be exercised ourselves. Amen? Just like you can't ask me, can you exercise for me? Well, I can exercise only for me. Amen? There is nobody that can exercise for you. And the same goes when it comes to your faith. You have got to exercise your own faith. Christianity is not a spectator sport. God doesn't intend for us to watch on and rely on and depend on others exercising their faith for us. He wants us to exercise our own faith. You know, God has given you a portion of faith. You know that, don't you? 
God has given you a portion of faith. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. It says there in the second part of that verse, it says, but God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. He has given me faith. He has given you faith, a measure of faith. He has given every one of us a measure of faith. And I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, well, you know, that's okay for you. He's given you a lot of faith. He's given you a load of faith. You possess a lot of faith. It's easy for you to believe and trust God for stuff. Well, that's not true. God has given every one of us a measure of faith. Amen? Jesus said that if the measure... Let me read it. Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you, that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you know that the mustard seed was considered to be the smallest of all seeds? The smallest of all seeds. It's tiny. If you ever haven't seen a mustard seed, it is tiny. And Jesus said, if your faith is as small as the smallest seed. He said, you could go and say to a mountain, move, get out of my way, and it will do what you tell it to do. If your faith is as small, as small as a mustard seed. Jesus said, if you activate and use that faith, if you exercise that mustard seed faith, he said, Nothing would be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Do you know I believe that that is a word from God's lips to us today that they didn't receive 2,000 years ago and I still think today we have difficulty in believing that nothing would be impossible for us if we had faith. We are in this series titled if God said it and what we're trying to do is to set our faith on fire get us to a place where we start using this mustard seed faith to trust and believe God for those things that we have need of in our lives you know Peter <clears throat> Peter was a great guy he was a great guy Peter he didn't walk on water that day in his own strength. You know that, don't you? Peter asked Jesus, could he walk on water? He asked Jesus. And I was thinking, when was the last time that we went to the Word of God to ask God for something that we see that he could do? When was the last time we seen something in the Word of God? And we thought, well, if Jesus said I could have that, if Jesus said I could do that, then I could believe him for it. And I think for most of us, it's been a long time. But Peter saw Jesus doing something that he knew was physically impossible, and it stirred up in Peter this faith, this belief in that, well, if he can do it, 
And if he gives me permission to do it, then I can do it too. Amen? Peter saw Jesus doing it, and he said to Jesus, he said, what did he say? He said, can I do it? Can I come out to you? If that's you, Lord, can I go out to you? And Jesus said to Peter, he said, come on ahead. Come on, come on ahead, he said. For whatever you're believing God for, if the word of God says yes, then you can believe God for it. Amen? And because Peter believed Jesus at his word, he exercised his faith and he climbed down out of that boat and he set foot onto liquid water. And he walked out in the direction of Jesus. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 29 it says, And so he said, Come. <clears throat> and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. That is mind-blowing. Amen. I think sometimes we believe easier that Jesus would cleanse the lepers, that he would open the blind eyes, that he would raise the dead. I think sometimes we find it easier to believe that Jesus could do those things than we could believe that God in, him, in, in Jesus and Peter could walk on water. Why is that? That's a good question. Because I don't know any of us here that prayed for a leper this week. I don't know any of us here that prayed for someone blind this week or tried to raise someone from the dead this week. But I know every one of you has got a shower this week, I hope. And I know every one of you has at some stage in your life been in the sea or been in the pool or been in a bath. And I don't know of any of you that ever came to me and said, Enda, I went down to the sea the other day and when I went into the sea, I couldn't get into it. I was walking on top of it. Amen. We've all experienced water. We know that water is viscous. Water is not solid. Water is liquid. We know it. Amen? We've all been in the sea. If you've been baptized, praise God, you've been in the sea. If you haven't been baptized, glory to God, we will be doing baptisms at the end of August, early September this year. But we all know that it is impossible to walk on water. That's what makes this story, for me, so amazing. Jesus walked on water. And what is, what's even more amazing, when Peter saw him do it, it stirred up in Peter a belief that if Jesus could do it, then I can do it too. Church, that's how we read our Bibles. Amen? See these, this, this Bible that you have in front of you or on your phone? This New Testament, the words of Jesus in red? That's God's story for you. That's filled with God's promises for you. This is not a history book. Even though so many people treat this like a history book. So many religions treat this like historical manuscripts. So many religious leaders, they read about the things that Jesus did and they try to 
to dissect them for today. And they say, oh, that was okay in Jesus' day. And they say, oh, you know, it was okay for us to believe and trust God for healing and believe and trust God for, for abundance. But, but that was only in Jesus' day. That doesn't translate, translate to today. Others say that, well, healing and all that stuff, it passed away with the apostles. Even believers try to discount the Word of God, try to, to say it's a historical book. Can I tell you today? This is a living and alive book. This book is as fresh as the Sunday Independent that you will buy, go out and buy today if you read newspapers. It's even fresher. Because this book doesn't just tell of stories that went on in the past. This is a, a, a future-proof book. Amen? This book is living. This book is alive. It, that's, what, that's, that's the revelation that Peter got that day when he sat in that boat with the rest of the apostles and he's seen Jesus walking on the water towards him. He seen that if Jesus could do it, then I can do it too. And when you read your Bible, when you read about the things Jesus did, then you got to believe that if Jesus can do them, He says, I can do them, I can believe Him for Him. Amen? Church, healing hasn't passed away. Church, prosperity, uh, the abundance of God, it hasn't passed away. No, none of the words of God have passed away. Amen? None of the promises of Jesus had expiration dates on Him. What kind of God would He be? Amen? What kind of God would he be if his promises expired? Angela has a voucher sitting on the counter at home that she asked me the other day. Will I throw it out? It's a 20 euro voucher from Dunn Stores. It expired about five or six years ago. She said to me, will I throw it out? And I'm like, it's 20 euros. Oh, but it's expired. We were cleaning. Even your 20 euros, even your money will at some stage expire. Try and spend an old 20-pound note in a shop today. They'll tell you, no, not taken. It's expired. Amen? Let's stop treating God's Word like we treat vegetables or milk. Let's stop saying that God's Word has expired. Let's stop reading God's eyes with, the, with eyes of expired words, expired promises. They are not expired, amen? They are not expired. Jesus said that we will do even greater things when he went. Was he lying? Well, if you believe that healing has passed away, Jesus was lying. If you believe that God doesn't want to bless or prosper you, well, then Jesus was lying in the word, amen? And if he lied in one place, then it's all lies. Healing hasn't passed away because Jesus was incapable of lying. Amen? Amen? Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter came down out of the boat and he walked on water to go to Jesus. This seasoned fisherman, who knew better? He knew better. I mean, that's the other side of it. Peter had experience of water. He wasn't some guy that, that lived in, in the landlocked midlands of the country where where they had no rivers, no lakes, or anything like that. He knew the river. He knew the sea. He knew the potential of the sea. How it could provide for your needs. 
But he also knew how to see when it was angry, when it was rough, when it was tough, how it would take your life. He knew the sea. And that night that Jesus came walking to Peter on the water, the, the sea was rough. Amen? So Peter knew. He knew. Stepping out of that boat, he was taking his life in his hands. Amen? He knew that if Jesus didn't mean what he said, he was a dead man. He was going to drown. They had no life, life um, jackets in those days. Amen? Peter knew well of the dangers of the sea, especially in the middle of a storm. But because he had faith in Jesus' word, he set aside all his natural cautions and reflexes and he stepped down out of a perfectly good boat in the middle of a storm and walked towards Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 30 says, and here's the thing, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You do know when you exercise your faith that the enemy is not going to throw a party for you. You know that, don't you? When you exercise your faith, the enemy is not going to say, oh, what's the point now? He's after praying and asking God and believing God for something. He has stepped out in faith. I may as well leave him alone. Can I tell you, when you exercise your faith, the enemy will throw everything at you to try and get you to disbelieve the thing that you've just asked God for. Amen? The enemy will tell you every lie in the book, every story in the book. He'll throw everything at you to try and get you to stop believing God for the thing that you've just asked God for. Enemy is not throwing a party while you exercise your faith. No, he has thrown a tantrum and throw everything at you to try and get you to take your eyes off of Jesus. Remember, Peter did something that no other human had ever done up to that day and right up to today. He walked on water. I know Moses parted the Red Sea. Elijah, he parted the River Jordan and Elisha done the very same. But they walked through the waters. Peter walked on the water. Amen? Jesus gave him a word. And he trusted him at his word. And he responded to that word. He put his faith in that word. That's what we need to do. But we also need to be cognizant of the fact that when we do that, the enemy will throw everything at you and the enemy threw everything at Peter. Amen? To try and sow some doubt into his faith. And he got Peter to take his eyes off of Jesus. And when he did, Peter sank. Amen? He sank. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we sink. Simple as that. We've always got to keep our eyes on Jesus. But here's the great news. Even when we take our eyes off Jesus, he never takes his eyes off of us. Isn't that great? Even in our unfaithfulness, Jesus is still faithful. When we take our eyes off of him and when we go about doing our own thing for a season, he has still got his eyes firmly fixed on us. We serve a great God, don't we? We serve an amazing God. It says in verse 31, it says, 
when Peter had taken his eyes off Jesus, said, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Right away, when Peter allowed the enemy to distract him, he sank. Amen? He sank. But thank God, even when we take our eyes off Jesus, he never takes his eyes off of us. And as soon as Peter sank and cried out, Lord, help me, Jesus stretched out his hand, stretched out his hand, and he lifted him up. Amen? Even when we take our eyes off Jesus, Jesus is ready when we cry out to him to stretch out his hand and lift us back up. Amen? And that's what he did. Jesus lifted him up. And can you imagine the scene? I always keep saying this to you. Imagine the scene. Jesus lifting Peter back up and both of them walking together. Jesus, I believe, had his arm around Peter as they walked together, talking, heading back to the boat. And Jesus said to him, Oh, you of little faith. That's just like, mind-blowing. Jesus, I mean, like, I mean, Jesus, you saw me. I walked out towards you. I took 10, 15, 20 steps. I walked on water, Jesus. And now you're saying to me, I had little faith. You know why Jesus said that? Why did Jesus say that to Peter? Why did he say, oh, you were little faith? Because Jesus saw in Peter the potential for him to do so much more. Amen? Jesus saw the potential in Peter for him to do so much more. And Jesus sees in you and me today the potential to do so much for the kingdom of God. And that's why God wants us to exercise our faith. Amen? Exercise your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The author of the book of Hebrews told us this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says that we are to look on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Your faith and my faith is activated when we keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? It says that we are to look on to Jesus because he is the author. He is the source of our faith. Amen? You know, you, you, people say that, you know, I can do this and I can do that and I can do great things and I can do, I can do all of this sort of stuff here. But most of the time they're talking about stuff that they can do in their own strength. You know, you get to a place where you know what you can do. Yeah? Amen? Like the other week when we had the Rubik's Cube here and we had a couple of guys in church here who could do the Rubik's Cube. I couldn't. I haven't touched the sense because I don't want to break it up again. It's all so, so, so lovely. But we had two people in church that put up their hands and said, I can do it. And they did. Both of them did it. They, they showed me afterwards. They both could do it. But they could do that because they were able to do it. Amen? We need to get to a place, church, where we're, we know what we can do in our own strength. But also then we know what we can't do in our own strength. And the stuff that we can't do in our own strength, we look unto Jesus for. Amen? Amen? I mean, some of us are in a place where we don't know what way to go. We don't know what direction to go into next. We, we know we can do A, B, and C, but we know anything after that we just can't do. And instead of us just standing around there, looking around, thinking, you know, where do I go next? What direction do I go in? We are to look unto Jesus. Because he is the source of our faith. Amen? We are to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
He is the author of our faith. And he is the finisher of our faith. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. So how do, we, how do we exercise our faith? How do we do that? That's, that's what we started talking about today. Let's, let's just talk about that for a minute. How do we exercise our faith? Well, here's how we exercise our faith. We find in the Word of God promises of God. And we take those promises back to God. And we say, Lord, you know what? You promised me this in your Word. I'm standing on your Word and I'm believing you for it. And no matter what the enemy throws at me, he'll throw doubt at me. He'll throw fear at me. He'll throw anxiety at me. He could throw even depression at me. He could throw all of the external elements at me. And even though he throws those things at me, I'm still going to go back to your word and say, well, your word hasn't changed no matter what the enemy has said. If the enemy has said this and the enemy has said that, you know what? Well, you still say that you can do this. You know, the enemy will change his mind. The enemy will tell you lies. But God will never tell you lies. Amen? And if God promised you, no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what he throws at you, you've got to have tunnel vision. Amen? And you've got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen? If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, keep walking towards Jesus. Because this is a, life is a walk. Amen? It's a journey. And in that journey, the enemy is going to do everything to try and get you to go his way, to go that way to go sin's direction, to go the pleasures of the flesh direction. He's going to get you to go in whatever, try to get you to go in whatever direction that he sees a way of destruction for you. But God has given us life, amen? And he wants us to follow after him. Listen to him, amen? Keep our eyes fixed on him. When Peter had his eyes fixed on Jesus, he walked on the water, amen? Glory to God. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because when Jesus, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He sank. Amen. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to pray. We need to trust God. We need to believe in what the Word of God says. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says this. He says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When we exercise our faith, we can believe that nothing is impossible for us. Amen? John chapter 14 and verse 12, it says this. It says, Jesus speaking. Jesus speaking. That's why I love red letter Bibles. If you haven't got a red letter Bible, go find yourself one. Amen? Because the red letters are the words of Jesus. Jesus said this in John 14 and verse 12. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, to me, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Church, we got to start believing God for greater things. Amen? Let's be a church that we look back and we say, hey, Jesus did this and Jesus did this through us. Amen? He saw his word accomplished through his people. Amen? Because we believed in him and we exercised our faith and we saw those things that God promised us in his word amen church we need to believe god at his word and we need to exercise our faith amen